are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a March 10th, Saturday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer and editor over at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. It is Saturday, as I mentioned. It is a beautiful, glorious, sunny day here in Portland, Oregon, and a great way to wake up after a great win last night for the Trailblazers. They beat the Golden State Warriors again, 125-108 to keep their win streak going at nine games, and the Blazers had a monster fourth quarter. Obviously, Dame with some big shots, but CJ also, huge, huge night for CJ, and the Blazers keep charging up those Western Conference standings as they manage to create a little bit of separation between themselves and the rest of the playoff pack beneath Golden State and Houston. Huge, huge game. I was there last night. I went with my parents. I went with my aunt. I went with my girlfriend, and it was uh, really awesome. Uh, It was a a really fun night, I got to say. I haven't been to a game with my parents or, you know, I, I used to go all the time with my dad. Uh, you know, I haven't been to a game with them in at least 15 years, if not more. Um, and just on that level, I was, there was a whole lot, there's a whole lot of there, a whole lot, whole lot in there for me personally that I was, you know, it just, it was awesome to be able to be in the building with them and share that moment with them. Uh, you know, the people that showed me basketball, it's my mom's birthday this weekend as well. So shout out to my mom. Uh, and it was a blast. I mean, I, I, I can't, uh, I can't say enough how much that meant. And then the fact that the Blazers were able to get a win in what became a very close game, Portland started off really well and they looked like they were in control early on. But Golden State, being the type of team that they are with the type of players that they have, Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, even though they had a bunch of guys out, not just Steph Curry, but a bunch of other important players on their team, they came back. Durant made some big plays. He had 40 uh, one game or you know, a couple weeks after he had, I think, 50-something here at the Moda Center the last time the Blazers beat the Warriors to start this win streak. And so the Blazers were able to, to weather that storm in the third quarter that the Warriors made. The Warriors really did a nice job coming back, but Portland got control towards the end of the quarter there. And then going into the fourth quarter, things were really tight and, and Portland just, they made enough plays in the final minutes of this game and enough big plays. I mean, at the end of the night, they, they were able to get a lot of big plays from Ed Davis. CJ and Dame, obviously, with big nights. CJ leading the team with 30 points. He had 13 of those 30 in the fourth quarter. Damian Lillard with 28 
including a pair of big, big shots down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And Ed Davis was was huge for the Blazers in the fourth, as was Zach Collins, as Stotts again closing against a big Western Conference opponent with Ed Davis and Zach Collins, which he did that against Oklahoma City. And it's not to say that Nurk didn't have a good game, because he did. Uh, but but Stotts playing the matchups probably wanted a little bit more mobility out there, a little bit more versatility on the offensive end because Collins can shoot that three. He's confident in it, and he, he can do a lot of other stuff. He can crash the offensive glass, but he can just do a little bit more offensively. There's a little bit more versatility there with him than there is with Nurkic, who great screen setter, great rebounder, uh, great defender. Just, you know, there's some things on the offensive end that I think Stotts wanted to get out there on the court and Collins has given them that and given them that in clutch moments and not only did he make a big shot in this game he had a an intercepted pass kind of on a moment where the Warriors get a stop they throw the ball up court and Collins kind of free safeties it gets the steal and and catches the ball and gets the Blazers possession again and and those are little things that are huge throughout the course of a game and to see a guy like Collins with the awareness of those plays and and that knack for getting those plays you know those are things that you see from veterans in the playoffs those are things that you see from veteran players knowing the situation knowing the value of every possession and Collins was big in that regard last night with Ed Davis and it, it was just a, a stellar performance and, and Evan Turner again running the offense through him down the stretch lots of possessions where they would just go all right we're going to give the ball to Turner and then we're going to have Damon CJ come off screens on Davis and Collins and that was the set for a while you know that was how they would start a lot of their sets in the fourth quarter and major kudos to Turner he had 12 points, three assists, and a game high plus 22 for the Blazers. So Turner making his impact. The Turner Truthers, shout out to the Turner Truthers. I'm, I'm out there. I'm with you. I have been believing in Evan Turner this year uh, just because he's played solid. He played solid in the starting lineup, but he's also played solid down the stretch in these games. And that's his role. The Blazers finally found the best role for Evan Turner, and that's being out there with Dame and CJ and and letting him do his thing. And, you know, he had an open three that he missed, but whatever, yeah, down the stretch of that game, he played so well and, and did so many other things out there on the court, rebounding, defending, getting the ball to the guys in their spots. And he, he had to guard Durant for a lot of the time last night. Uh, j- just a big, big game from Turner and I, again, just doing what he's done for this team the whole year, delivering as that secondary ball handler when Dame and CJ go to work on off the ball, and then the the other three guys that were the other two guys that were in there with them, Zach Collins and Ed Davis, making big plays in big spots, and and that was one of the big things in that game last night, and one of the big reasons why the Blazers pulled away. It was, it was a truly a team effort. We'll talk more about Portland's depth in a second. The Warriors, obviously, they did not have their depth. Stephen Curry was out. Obviously, the, he's the guy that makes them go watching that game. 
in the in the arena, you can just tell that it's just a little bit different because the Blazers don't have to stretch their defense as far, and Curry just creates so many ripples throughout an offensive possession just because of the way he moves, the way that he attracts the defense to come up higher. Those are things that they miss, and obviously that is going to be taken into account, and if the Warriors don't have him in the playoffs, you know, that's a big, big deal. Uh, but you throw that in there. They didn't have Iguodala. They didn't have Jordan Bell, who's working his way back for an injury, which I hope I, 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 the, the folks that have been claiming that they wanted Jordan Bell uh, over Zach Collins have been very, very quiet lately, uh, and I did not hear them after this game. Andre Iguodala, obviously a, a huge, huge player, their sixth man, very, very important ball handler, kind of an Evan Turner, except a little bit more athletic, not the best shooter, but he can maybe make a shot here and there and is a great ball handler creator. They didn't have Patrick McCaw, who... Uh, the hype train on him out of Warriorsville is down. Last year, they were saying that he was going to be, you know, the new Iguodala, and that they were going to need, they weren't going to need Iguodala, et cetera, et cetera. But they, they'll, they'll still need Iguodala because Pat McCaw has has just not been quite as good as Warriors fans were projecting last year. And then David West, who has had a a really solid season for the Warriors, he did not play either. So uh, they were very, very thin. But nevertheless, the Blazers, I, I, you know, I don't care how thin they are. I mean, they've they've been thin through stretches, and they still had three of their All Stars out there on the court, and Portland was still able to get the win. So that was still an impressive victory. Portland was the favorite in this game. They were favored by one point. Then it, I think it got down to a pick 'em by the start of the game. But Portland won a game. I guess that they should win even if it was the Warriors and even if they had three All-Stars. And uh, lots of respect coming from the Warriors after the game. Draymond Green was asked about, about missing the guys and also the threat that the, the Blazers present to the Warriors. And uh, he said that the Blazers are always a threat with the the two guys that they have with Dame and CJ. But uh, Draymond was also very, you know, he, very, he was very forthright in congratulating the rest of the team because that is really what helped win them this game. You know, he gave out the young the young kid Collins. He, he gave a shout-out to, said Nurkic is playing well, Ed Davis is playing well, Aminu is shooting better. And you throw all those things together, and uh, that's quite a formidable team. And suddenly the Blazers have depth, and it almost reminds me a little bit uh, on a on a smaller scale, not quite as great because Portland started so slow, but a little bit of what Toronto has going over in the East, that has been their growth. Their growth has been depth. Their growth has been putting less on the stars. And, and I think Dame and CJ still have quite the load and really had to carry a big load earlier in the season. But as the season has progressed, Portland has gotten stronger. A lot of their young players have filled in. And I think... Turner being such a fit guy, which is one of the things that he said, you know, it's all about fit. It's all about rhythm. And I think he's finally found his, his rhythm with this Blazers team. And I think you put all those things together and you have why the Blazers have been so good. We'll talk about that in a second before we, but before that, before we get to that, we're going to check the standings here in the Western conference as the Blazers get another win 
to extend their win streak to nine games. Now the longest win streak in the Western Conference after the Rockets lost to the Raptors last night and the Blazers knocked off the Warriors to stop their win streak. Portland is now 40-26 and 26 with 16 games left in the season. They're already at 40 wins, so if you bet the over on them, you're probably feeling really great about yourself because the Blazers are going to beat that in two wins. So uh, congratulations if you if you put that down in Vegas. The Blazers now have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Pelicans, who lost the other night because Anthony Davis did not play. And Davis, uh, who knows how long he's going to be out for. He's been dealing with some injuries, and he's really been the reason why the Pelicans have been so good as of late. So the... Pelicans have an injury. The Spurs are just right behind them. In fifth, they're a game behind the Pelicans. And then right all tied with them, Minnesota and then Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City and San Antonio play tonight, so that's going to be a big game. And we'll have some more updates on the standings, but one of those teams is going to fall further behind Portland. And the Blazers can even have more, can gain more ground on their opponents in this conference as they continue to rack up those wins and and get a nice spot potentially in this Western Conference playoff. So we're going to talk about that depth that Portland has and and maybe, you know, what is it going to take to sign all these guys? Is it is it is it going to be a similar situation to the one that they had the last time they went far in the playoffs? We'll talk about that. So but before we get to that, if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, you should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Blazers is listened to by 98% and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that spot, this is your podcast. Our rates are reasonable. So email me at lockedonblazers at gmail.com to learn more about sponsoring this show. And we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about the depth of this Blazers team, which was on display once again last night in a big way. Uh, Damon CJ had big, big games, big finishes down the stretch of this one. Monster fourth quarters, big shots. Ed Davis, I talked about his rebounds, and I talked about Zach Collins making some big shots as well down the stretch last night. But they also had a lot of balance last night, and and I think that is very important. I mentioned Evan Turner and how important he was to Portland's success in the win, but it wasn't you know just Turner. Five other guys last night scored in double figures outside of CJ and Dames. That was Shabazz, Ed Davis, Collins, Turner, and Yusuf Nurkic. So you had a bunch of guys that were contributing, pitching in, and this has been a major strength of this team. And I think uh, a lot of credit has to go to Terry Stotts for managing the team this way. And 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 obviously the, the trust is there with the players that he can go to any number of guys on a given night and trust them to do their job. And Shabazz has been a big, big asset for this team during the – especially the, the weeks when Dame was out and injured – then you have Pat Connaughton, who shot the ball well pretty much all season long, and he's also done a little bit more than just shoot it. He can do a little, he can do some things with the ball in his hands, especially when he's attacking a closeout. But he's been a really solid shooter. Turner, I mentioned him finding his role. Aminu, solid all season long. Nurk, anchoring the defense even when Aminu was hurt. Harkless, uh, up and down season, but 
still brings energy and 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 has brought it in big ways and a lot of those times when again when Lillard was out it was kind of Shabazz leading the crew with CJ Harkless after games where he wouldn't play would deliver on the day, the days that he did and this has been a a really excellent season for the depth of this team and uh, I think speaks a lot to the player development that the Blazers have, the work that they put in on a daily basis at practice, the culture that they have, that they can have a lot of different guys that can come in and and make an impact and, and help win a game. And sure, the Warriors were, were shorthanded last night, but the Blazers had a lot of different hands in there to, to help win this game. And it wasn't even necessarily guys that you come to think of a lot of times, you know, it was Aminu didn't have a big night. Uh, Harkless really didn't have a big night either. They, they played solid, but they, it wasn't like a big game. Pat Connaughton played five minutes last night, but uh, you look at the rest of the team and, and you have a lot of guys playing in spots and delivering. And I think this is what you hope for. If, if you're Portland, you know, you hope for that, building sustainably because not again Portland has not been a free agent destination in the past and while the 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 success that they're having could make it one at the same time you can't count on that and I think what we're seeing here is Portland counting on player development counting on the guys that they have and you know the Evan Turner contract is what it is but he's been solid he's found his groove he's he's helped this team and, and Napier, a guy that the Blazers kind of took a flyer on uh, from Orlando, he he's really turned into a player that can be a solid asset. And a lot of these guys are in contract years, it should be said. So can they keep them together? I think they'll have a better chance at keeping them together this season than I think they did. Or, I mean, they kept all the guys in 2016, but I think this is a different type of year because the cap spike is no, – there's no cap spike. There is no – uh, you know, infusion of extra money league-wide that could affect how these guys are valued. And I don't necessarily see someone throwing a, mount, a monster offer at Pat Connaughton. I don't see someone, you know, making a monster offer to Shabazz Napier. You know, th- those guys have been solid, but I don't necessarily see them getting monster, monster deals to, to leave Portland. And I think that Portland, with the cap crunch, you know, it hurts their ability to open up cap space and attract other free agents. But a lot of these guys, they, they can keep their contracts and keep their bird rights. And uh, Ed Davis is a guy that I think Portland will want to keep, but I think he might get a lot of attention from other teams. But he can come out here and, and maybe take even less money than he's making this year because of the way the cap has gone. And I, I think this is going to be a really interesting summer for Portland. Can they keep all these guys? Will they keep all these guys? And even if they don't, you know, who's who's waiting in the wings? Is it, you know, Wade Baldwin? Is it the new guy, Papa Giannis? Uh, I don't know. But I, I do think that they have a, probably a better chance to keep some of these free agents at a lower cost because there's not going to be that infusion of money league-wide. And I think... What we're also not going to see this time around in the free agency is a ton of teams with cap space and using it on 
you know, supporting role players that they think could could come into their team, like Kent Bazemore, Alan Crabb, guys like that. I don't think, you know, those types of guys are going to be commanding the big money deals that they did a couple of years ago. So I think that hurts the market for Shabazz. That hurts the market for Connaughton, which in turn helps the Blazers because now they are not going to have as many kind of predatory teams out there that are trying to just sign a guy to an offer sheet to make someone pay a bunch of money because they might not accept it this time around because of of what happened and also there's just not enough space so uh the depth on this team has been a real asset and a, a huge reason why this team has grown so much over these past two months into the team that they are right now with a one and a half game lead for the third seed in the west uh i i i do think it's a lot like it reminds me a lot of what Toronto has done and by investing in young players, investing in their draft picks and and and, and developing around them and developing around the, the stars that they have. Uh, so big ups to to the player development. I think I think Neil O'Shea deserves a, a bunch of credit for, uh, you know, building around these guys, making at least making the right call on Zach Collins for sure. Uh because he helps Portland in an area where they need. He plays that four, which it which is big for them down the stretch. Hits some big shots. You know, he's not Donovan Mitchell. He's not going to win the Rookie of the Year, but he's pretty darn good. And and I think uh, that is is worth commending. And I think uh, a lot of people should be eating their crow uh, about you know basically looping lumping Zach Collins in with as a bust. Uh, and and he's really. He's really proven that he's much more than that. So this depth of this Blazers team, an asset moving forward, especially if they can keep a lot of these guys like Ed Davis, Shabazz, uh, but maybe they don't keep Shabazz. They, they let him walk. Maybe they believe in Wade Baldwin, and, and Baldwin can be that guy next year as that third guard. But uh, very good year, and, and obviously it starts with the stars, but I think the depth and, and, and the rest of the supporting cast deserves a little bit of shine. We've talked a lot about Dame. We've talked a lot about how great he's been. CJ, we always talk about him as well, but uh, a, a lot of these guys we've not talked about a lot, and I, I have been a fan of Zach Collins lately, but I think uh, the rest of the guys, Turner, Davis, Aminu, that, that supporting cast uh, has been big, and I think Draymond Green talking about those guys after the game also shows a sign of respect that uh this team is more than just dame and cj so uh and 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 that's why they're third in the west right now so we're gonna take a look at monday's opponent it's the miami heat coming to town eric spolstra hometown boy and the heat coming to the moda center for a big game for both teams once again. So we'll preview that matchup and give you a look at the heat before we wrap this up and wrap up the LOB for the week. So the Miami Heat coming to town on Monday night should be a big game. I'm going to be there covering the game for the AP. Uh, Very, very excited for that game. It's going to be a big one for the Heat. Because they're fighting for playoff seeding right now with a bunch of teams in the Eastern Conference, which uh, they're not in danger of falling out of the playoffs, but I think they want to perhaps uh, get uh, home court in the first round, which they still kind of have an outside chance at getting, and they need to win some games, including tonight they play the Wizards, which is a big game for them. But they are a, a pretty formidable team 
Hassan Whiteside can really, really uh, play ball. He, he gave it to Joe Allen B the other night, which was impressive, uh, really outplayed him. And, and, and that doesn't happen very often. Uh, but Whiteside is a guy that in the middle, if he is having a good night, you know, his good night is as good as anybody's night in the league when he's good. Uh, the, the thing with Whiteside is that he can be off sometimes. Sometimes he's just not as into the game as he should be or not playing as well or he, he is a little bit moody and and that, some, that comes into his play. Uh, and so that's uh, really interesting for them. But if he's on, that's going to be a really tough game for Portland with Whiteside because uh, he's just a handful. It's going to be a big game for Nurk if if Whiteside does kind of unleash there because uh, Nurk is really the only guy that has the size to match up with Whiteside. So you know we talk about the depth and I, I talked about this a couple of episodes ago. I think it was after the Laker game. You know maybe they could keep Nurk and Collins because Nurk, a guy that I did not even mention in the free agent discussion in the last segment, but. He is the type of guy that you kind of still need, and, and Whiteside is a guy that you need him against. But maybe Stotts goes small, forces Spo to go small, and, and we see a lot of Kelly Olynyk and, and Bam Adebayo and Luke, Luke Babbitt. But uh, that, that Heat team is, is very good. Wayne Ellington, incredible three-point shooter, probably their best, definitely their best three-point shooter. Not, not even, yeah, he's, he's definitely their best three-point shooter. Uh, without question so they're gonna have the Blazers are gonna have to be very very vigilant of where he is at all times but the the Heat have a very good team it all starts with Goran Dragic who was an all-star this year albeit uh, an injury replacement all-star but an all-star nonetheless it always starts with him he can create shots for a lot of guys and he and Whiteside can work together really well then you, you look down the rest of the lineup uh, James Johnson very versatile 3-4 player going to be a tough matchup Josh Richardson I think will get a lot of time guarding Damian Lillard in this game uh an excellent two-way player excellent defender uh another you know testament to the heat development system and one of the reasons why the heat are pretty much always in the playoffs they didn't make it last year because of a really bad season but uh, the Heat are another team that kind of remind me of the Blazers in that they're a very well-run team. They believe a lot in player development. And they they really be, you know really believe in their culture, and Josh Richardson is kind of evidence of that. Tyler Johnson, uh, another solid player, uh, one of those 2016 Allen Crab All Stars who who got a lot of big checks, and uh, he's he's a solid player. And then at the trade deadline, they made a big move to sign Dwayne Wade. Uh, not sign him to trade him or trade for him for basically nothing. They got him for free uh, because the Cavs determined that there weren't going to be enough minutes to keep Wade happy, and they brought him back. So Wade has been a real nice asset to them, closing games, coming off the bench. He's been their sixth man, uh, and that was what he was doing in Cleveland, but he, he, he admitted that he felt back home with the Heat, and he his return has also perhaps uh, reignited the growth of Justice Winslow, who was a very important player for the Heat a couple of years ago, and a guy that they really invested a lot in to for their future, and Richardson has kind of surpassed him in that uh, hierarchy within the team, but Winslow has been playing better, and, and Wade being there 
I think perhaps as a mentor for him uh, ha- has been really solid. And off the bench, I mentioned Kelly Olynyk. I mentioned Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo, very good. I think I'm very excited for that Bam Zach Collins matchup. I think that's going to be fun. And then Olynyk, uh, just you know, solid player. Uh, athletic, can shoot the three, does a lot of different things, and uh, can be a handful at times. So some tough matchups. The lots of versatile players. The Heat also just play harder than most teams. So this is going to be a really grueling game more than anything. They're going to run their offense well. They're going to work to get good shots. And they are very, very meticulous on the offensive end. And they're very detail-oriented on the defensive end. Then you've got Whiteside. Adebayo is a very good defender as well. Uh, On the interior, James Johnson can do a lot of things. I mentioned Richardson at the top of this segment. So uh, lots of really solid players for this Heat team, and they, they're very, very well coached by Eric Spolstra. So this is going to be a grinded-out game. The, the Heat kind of remind me a little bit of the Memphis Grizzlies of yesteryear. Uh, the, the, the grit and grind kind of style, yeah, they're not as big and prodding as those Grizzlies teams, but they're just as tough and will make you work for it. So th- this Heat team is going to make you work hard. So this is going to be a you know, busted up type game. So the Blazers uh, playing a little bit differently than they did against the the Warriors. They will have to to win this game. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers. After the Blazers continue their winning streak and push it to nine games, they'll be looking for number ten against the Heat on Monday night. After they have the weekend to kind of recoup and soak up a little bit of the sun and the, and the good feels of where they are right now, but they still have a lot of work to do because they have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Pelicans, but one bad week could put you back down to the bottom of the Western Conference because that's how tight this this race is. So uh, big, big week again coming up. Portland is home for the rest of the week. They've got Miami, and then they've got the Cavs coming in. So they have some rare rest time over this next week before they go and start playing games every other day for the last uh, about five weeks of the season here. So we're going to wrap, or four weeks, I think. We're, we're at the month mark now. This is, uh, it's, it's, it's winding down. Down the stretch they come, and the Blazers are in third. So keep it locked on here. We're going to be back after Monday night's game against the Heat. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, and we'll tell your friends. Yeah, definitely tell your friends. So keep it locked on here and have a great weekend.